last week. This is what we covered, hindrances to prayer. I think it's a very important handout, so I put it on the back of today's lesson, which is 111, January 11, 2023. We're going to do a review for lesson four because some of you had the audacity to travel I mean, the Lord put on my heart to teach on prayer, and then half of our prayer group is gone. So apparently I wasn't hearing from the Lord. <laughs> it was, what's that, sister? It convicted me too. And so, and it's worth, so it's worth reviewing. Um, and I, so I won't cover it as length, as long, as uh, it won't be as long in my covering the review as it was, because I, I it won't be as detailed. I, I read a review on the book I wrote, Lord Teach Us to Pray, and I wrote a book in 2009 called Lord Teach Us to Pray, and I read a review, which wasn't um, flattering. Good word, thank you. It wasn't flattering to the author. Yeah, I was called a, I was called a heretic and a false, uh, a false Christian in it by another, by another Christian, so it... Uh, Anyway, Matthew chapter 6, I trust that you're all there. If, if you're there, say, you know. You know. An amen. The real, over on this side, the amens over here is the really spiritual. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you know is pretty good too. Ezekiel said that. Remember? In uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, Son of man, can these bones live? Lord, you know. So, you know is a very appropriate response. Lord, you know. Yeah, are you almost there, brother? Good. All right, we're going uh, to start from... Uh, uh, verse 9, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word the Lord, and he'll most certainly add his abundant blessing to the reading of his holy truth. Now this is a review for just the first uh, first verse that we read, uh, verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And this whole prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is a model prayer of all... We call it a model prayer because there's slightly different words that the Lord used in Luke chapter 11, which is basically the same format of prayer. So it's not, um, even though it's a good thing to memorize, it's good to memorize it because of its structure. And I provide you the three basic elements to prayer from its structure. And it's not the only way to look at this. This is just one way uh, for this particular pray then like this, that First we have communion, next we have intercession, and next, and then third we have supplication as far as the breakdown of this uh, prayer that the Lord gives us as a model for us. 
I mentioned last week that for the communion, that's verse 9, and then the intercession is in verse 10, and then the supplication is in verse verses 12 and 13, or petitions, or those things you ask for. In fact, on the intercessions, you're asking for something there as well. And in the communion, you're also asking for something too. So there's a, those are petitions when you're asking, making a request of the Lord. The thing I mentioned last week is, even though there is a breakdown of this in these three parts, you don't have to pray, eat, uh, uh, pray this model and contain all three of the parts. There's sometimes where you might want to pray. You know, sometimes the most effective prayer I prayed is, Lord, help. Short, to the point, he knows what I'm going the Lord knows what I'm going through even before I asked him, and the Lord has responded to that prayer quite often. And it didn't contain all those things in there, and I was desperate. Um, uh, the times where I cried out, Lord help. But uh, so you can pray each one of these at particular times. My favorite one is praying the communion portion of the prayer. I pray with thanksgiving more than almost anything that I pray. And it make, by doing that, it also helps me. When I'm praying our Father in heaven, and I recognize I'm communing with God, I pray with thanksgiving and things come to me to pray about throughout that time occasionally, um, and when I say occasionally, actually quite often it will come to me at the end of that prayer, pray for this. Or I will just, oh, okay, I know some things I need to pray for, and then I'll go into what we call intercessions. That's praying for others. Praying for others, not yourself. Those are requests on behalf of others. And then the regular requests and petitions. Communion, you have access, authority, association, application. I'm not going to go over all the specifics of that because I covered it and it is on sermon audio but our father in heaven when we pray that we're recognizing that now we have a father in heaven if we're saved by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that before we were saved we didn't have that access to a heavenly father he was a he was God we recognize he was God but we didn't have this close relationship that through Jesus who saved us, now he has, by the power and virtue of his salvation for us, we have a heavenly father, a a relationship with God the Father through Christ. And one of the most important aspects of this is rather than rushing off to the other parts of the prayer, is we recognize that Jesus has done this for us. And then that should cause us to spring forth in thanksgiving. We should be thankful that he's done that. And this is why it's my favorite part, because I start thinking about all the aspects of what Jesus has done. Everything that I've read in the scriptures that I've prayed about and prayed over, uh, I'm reminded of the passage of scripture that I may have read yesterday, or the passage of scripture that I read before I, now in this section of praying, I I pray when I get up in the morning, thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for his precious blood. And then I'll go and maybe do my devotionals and read the four portions. Um, you, know, you know, it's actually two portions in the morning, two portions in the evening. But I read all four of them 
in the morning and in the evening. And I read those, and the Lord brings something to remembrance, but I think of Jesus, what Jesus has done. And I'm reminded when I pray and I'm communing with the Lord. Our Father who is in heaven, we recognize His authority. God sent His Son, and now this Father who's heavenly, Jesus is at, the, at, is at His right hand. And so we're, we, we see the, the very first part of prayer is such that it's not us telling God what to do. It's us lining our lives up with what God wants for us. And he wants the very best for us because he sent the very best. When we see our Father in heaven sent, his, sent us his son. He sent us the very best. So very obviously he wants the best for us. But the best is our coming under submission to the fact that he's our heavenly father. And he's going to give us the very best because he's given us Jesus and he'll give us the best that is in Jesus. Um. Also notice this too. This is what, what's another thing that I love about our, our communion with the Father is he makes, Jesus lets us know how important it is our communion is with one another. It's a reminder. See, it's our Father in heaven. We, he takes selfishness right out of the prayer from the very beginning. Not my Father in heaven. It's our Father in heaven. And I recognize that I don't live unto myself I'm, uh, selfishness. Uh, he, you remember that Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, he also said it in Matthew, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Built right into the prayer is denying self by saying, our Father. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> God, our God, thinks of everything. And he gives us, you know, the very, just a very simple thing with that. Our Father who is in heaven. Uh, when we think of that, that Jesus also, this is something I didn't cover a couple weeks ago, four weeks ago when we started this. Jesus is our everlasting Father. That though he is our brother, he's, con- he's the Son of God. And he has saved us so that we would be his brother and his friend. But also, but also it says that uh, in Isaiah chapter 9 that he is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, Aviad. He is our everlasting father. So I, when I think of this also, that Jesus is a father unto me. He is, a bridegroom, he is the bridegroom unto me as well. He is the shepherd unto my lostness as a sheep. Um, so this uh, association we have, our Father. And what it should do is humble us right away. Because what Jesus has gone through in order to save us, he tasted death, he suffered death, he put himself through every single temptation that is common to man for his entire life and withstood them, withstood every temptation so that he could go to the cross in perfect sinlessness or sinless perfection. And sinless perfection, so it should humble us that we have an 
access to God and an audience with God that, Je- that God listens to us. And then it says, hallowed be your name. If we, by saying our, hev- our Father which, who is in heaven, if by saying that, that doesn't cause our knees to go weak and that we tremble, then Jesus has already fixed it with the second part of the sentence. Hallowed be your name. Because I recognize now that if, since I have access to a, a holy God, a perfect God, a righteous God, and that through that sacrifice that he's given us access to himself, and we have communion with him, fellowship with him, a real relationship with him, that it should instill in us godly fear, love for God for what he has done and has gone through in order to save us and give us access to himself, that it humbles us, but then it causes us also to tremble. It should bring about the truth that we are, that, uh, that we're fallen creatures still. That the only perfect, when we come really truly into this prayer and come into communion with God, that we recognize only perfect man that ever lived was Jesus. And so we're still imperfect and we need every grace of God bestowed upon us and so when we say, hallowed be your name, it's a, it is a petition. Lord, make your name holy to me because I will fail. But make your name and all that you are holy to me so that I can continue on in prayer or that I can continue to celebrate you. I heard, and I'm going to tell on you, Sister Vicky. I heard that Sister Vicky was uh, having the young people when you start when you pray i think on the bandana gang that you pray with a praise first before you start in and and asking for your petitions and i think that's wonderful because we should be spontaneous thanksgiving should come forth from that it should humble us and we should come forth with godly fear so prayer also that because it mentions his name and i'm going to close it with this and then turn it over to Brother Mike. I know this is a... Uh, or I'll, and I'll ask if there's any questions if you want me to cover anything. But in Hallowed Be Your Name, that his name is mentioned, we notice that it's not... Our prayers aren't ignorant. There are things that are ignorant because we don't know the end from the beginning. And we're grateful. That's why we have prayer, is that we don't know. Lord, you know. That's Lord, you know. I Ezekiel chapter 37, son of man, can these bones live? Lord, you know. Or the King James Version, thou knowest. You know. But prayer is not ignorant of who God is. So right there in our prayer, there's always a reminder we should read the Bible daily. Because the Bible reveals to us who God is, and most specifically from Genesis to Revelation, who Jesus is. And so by reading our Bible daily, we can pray knowledgeably. We know who it is that we are praying to. We know who it is that answers our prayers. We know who is listening to our pleas of, of mercy and our uh, requests or petitions for those things that we would like to see in our lives. So we pray not ignorantly, but intelligibly 
Also, humble communion with God in prayer instills that godly fear that when we make our intercessions or requests, we recognize that what we're really saying is, God, you know all things. You're the amen. So Lord, correct my prayers, which the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf to correct the prayers because we don't know how we ought to pray. What we are doing when we are in that request place, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, that's really next week, but when we get into the request place, we're really saying, Lord, you know better than I do. And if this is what your will is, no, Lord Jesus prayed that. Lord, when he went, before he went to the cross. Because there are things that he, even though he knew he was supposed to go, he prayed, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine. Because for him to just rush headlong into death would have been wrong. So even knowing what he had to do, when we pray, we should be praying that we're under the authority of God and we give ourselves in submission to God. We're submitting ourselves to him. And like I said, I'm, I'm kind of getting into the next part of the prayer, the intercession, the, your, uh, not, uh, the, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's really all I wanted to cover as a review. And so for some of you, it's, it might be new, but you have the notes. There are hindrances to prayer from last week. And any questions or comments? No questions or comments? Yes. Yes, sister. The only hindrance to prayer is our sin. Yes. We're not right with him. If we have something between us and the Lord. So, should we ask the Lord to show us our sin before we say our Father in heaven? That's a great question. Did everyone get that from Sister Vicki? Where she says, uh, if, because one of the, on the back page, the very top thing, iniquity or sin, where it says um, in uh, verse 2, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Um, for somebody who is not a believer, until, that's, until that takes place, you really can't call him your father. But it's built into the prayer by calling him our father because we're saved. And then the hallowed be your name. That very first part of the prayer where we are doing the review here. Uh, our, our father in heaven, hallowed or make your name holy. Hallowed be your name because it is holy. It's just that we don't always treat it as such. By doing that, you should be responsive to are there any sins you don't even have to ask him that because when you approach god in this way reverently in godly fear he will the holy spirit will reveal your sin to you and then you can confess that sin as you're basically that's how you're being when you're praying hallowed be your name this is what's going on with that so that you can lay those sins at the foot of the cross and and then claim First John chapter 1 and verse 9 that says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, sister. I know that you're asking that on behalf of the young people, and I appreciate that.
Uh... I've also heard in the past, especially on the mission field, when you pray, or we prayed, I'm talking about the Pacific Islands, they would say, Our Father in Heaven, and before they say anything, it was wrote though, forgive us all our sins. <laughs> but I, I don't know if that's that's really biblical, or is it too trite? For years I used to pray like that, actually. Uh, as a young Christian, I used to pray that. Heavenly Father, forgive me my sins. Um, and I didn't say, hallowed be your name, but basically when we're say, saying, hallowed be your name, we're saying, forgive us our sins. And if there's sins specifically, because the truth is, is that even in the, the sins that are revealed to you, uh, when you ask for those sins to be forgiven, are you completely pure? The best and the the best of the best of all the things that you do still contain, contain enough corruptions in them that it needs also the grace of God of in Jesus Christ in order for you to to even pray to say our Father. So, in a sense, uh, no, you're you're. Uh, in a sense, you, you're not, and so uh, if it's not brought to mind, I don't think you have much to worry about because the Lord knows, and he has saved you because Christ's righteousness is imputed. Young people say that along with me, imputed. Imputed, yeah. It means that his righteousness is placed on your account. You'll never be as righteous as Jesus, and we're thankful for that doctrine the doctrine is that teaching from the Bible that, that we believe. He, his righteousness is placed on our account. So does that, does that help, sister? It does, except that I, I guess my criticism of it is saying it just out of habit. That's a pitfall. Yeah. Absolutely. The, 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 uh, the out of habit, which, as I said to Sister Vicki in, in answering, when I was a young Christian, I used to pray that. Well, here's the pitfall. You know, a pitfall is right. That's a problem. Here's the problem with that. We become insensitive to specific sins. We become, by general, by making it general, we say, well, I'm a sinner and Lord, forgive me all my sins without actually getting down to the nuts and bolts of, look, I actually looked at something I shouldn't have looked at today. Lord, I was weak and I looked at it and now I can't unsee it. Lord, forgive me for that. And, maybe, and you know what? Sometimes miraculously the Lord will remove it from you, at least for a time. There's some things that the Lord has removed from my life and uh, by asking for that and I'm going along and, and uh, all of a sudden I came back. Because the Lord was reminding me, I haven't arrived. And that thing had come back. It's still part of my life, but by His grace, He hid it from me. And that's part of one of these secrets we have from the Scriptures that says that your life is now hid with God in Christ. Another way to, that, that works is that God hides stuff from us. Things that are not good for us. And then when we get a little too... too uh, um, filled with ourselves, take heed lest we fall, all of a sudden he lets us see, uh, you know what, that's still in your flesh. Don't, don't get too puffed up that you think you're somebody when you're not. 
paraphrasing what it says in Romans. 